Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. One oh six in Edmonton, second hour of Oilers now. Brendan Ulrich with you in for Bob Stoffer this week. Bob will be back on uh, Monday. You can call on our Oilers now hotline at 780-496-0063. Brought to you by the River Cree Resort and Casino. We'll head there here very shortly and chat with uh, Reed Wilkins. I can also tell you, Oilers Now, as always, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Trusted by 630Ched, visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more, digitex.ca. You can also text us 630-630, brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. We'll chat with Reed in a second. Uh, a few quick text messages first. Dudley says, yada, 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 yada. I don't see how this signing is going to make the team any better this season. Well, you may be right, but uh, you may be wrong. We'll see. Um, it's a depth signing with some upside. I have no problems with the signing whatsoever. You're bringing a guy in who is uh, entering his second season in the NHL. By all accounts, he moves the puck well. There are some things he needs to work on. Maybe it all clicks for him here in Edmonton. We'll see. I mean, I don't know why people are so down in the dumps after this signing saying it's not enough. Well, what do you expect? The second injury happened. The others, you know, tried to uh, acquire a bigger-name defenseman, it sounded like, throughout the offseason. Maybe that changed once uh, they landed Bouchard in the draft. Secker goes down. Not a lot they can do, unfortunately. And sure, you can say Peter Shirley should have acted earlier in the offseason, but I don't think he was banking on Secker getting hurt, so now he has to make some lateral moves, and they bring aboard Jerebeck as a depth guy. So we'll see if he can fill some of that uh, void uh, that the Secker injury has left. Another texter says, would have given uh, Bear a shot. I thought he played great when he was in. He has speed, he has a shot, and he can play. It seems like the staff doesn't have any confidence in him. I think he will be a 2-3 to three if given the chance. Wow, that's, uh, I mean, we'll see. One day he could get there, I guess. A 2-3 to three type defenseman. Uh, I do think McClellan trusted him last year. I don't think that's an issue. He had him out there at times with McDavid. He had him on the first power play. But I think they want Bear to 
earn that spot. So they start him in the minors, likely this season, and see uh, if he can work his way up. I wouldn't write Bear off by any means. I think he'll get a look at some point this year, so... They're just adding some competition with the signing of Jarabek. All right, we bring aboard Reed Wilkins. Reed, are you ready to go? Reed, are you there? Hello, Reed. One, two. Hey, Brendan, sorry. Oh, you're going to have to repeat that. I, I missed that. Oh. Thanks for having me on. I just said, are you there? Are you ready to go? I know you're busy there at the Eskimos I'm practice. Ready, I'm ready to go. You're over at uh, Eskimos practice. Uh, you were at uh, the Perry Pern camp earlier today. You're a busy man. Well, it's it's good. It's better than uh, better than sitting around. But yeah, a lot of guys skating at the Perry Pern. Um, Jay Bowmeister's out there. Johnny Boychuk, uh, Matt Benning, Tyler Benson. Um, you know, both Quenvilles were uh, were skating. Uh, Patrick Day, the goaltender, one of the goalies out there. So yeah, several several guys getting ready for the season. And they usually add uh, some more guys next week. The pro camp usually goes for a couple weeks. You know, uh, talk to Jake Nebraska more with him on Inside Sports tonight. What an experience for him last year playing for Boston. They had a great year. Uh, tough division, obviously. It took him seven games to get by the Leafs. And uh, then, uh, you know, just out uh, the arrest, they had to jump right back into it against Tampa Bay. And they couldn't overcome a very good Lightning team. But Jake was a great story. Good regular season. Six playoff goals in 12 games. Two goals in game seven. Uh, against Toronto, so he he really broke out last season. So he's been a great story for sure. Yeah, he's a gamer, and, and, no doubt about that. Yeah, and uh, talked to Matt Benning as well. Uh, interesting summer for him. Uh, got married, got the new contract, and um, you know, one of those defensemen that the Oilers are going to need to at least play a little better than last year, especially in the wake of the Secker injury. And you know, Benning said that. I said, "What I asked, what's the, the reason for optimism you would give people?" And he said, "Well, uh, you know, last year we just couldn't couldn't stop the bleeding when things went wrong. You know, they couldn't stop it at one or two losses in a row, and thought they maybe just came in a little too lackadaisical off the start of the season. And, and I think, you know, that fragility and that inability to bounce back from bad games or bad periods hurt the team as much as anything. So I think." You know, I think certainly you, you talk a lot about the ability of some of the players. Um, I think at least some of the Oilers' problems last year was was between the years. So hopefully that's something they're focusing on coming into this year. Well, I'm not going to ask you about uh, a scouting report on Jarabek Reed, but maybe talk about uh, signing Jarabek compared to Davidson, who you reported today that the Oilers offered him a PTO, but he was looking for a contract. So they elected to assign Jarabek to a one-year deal and offer Davidson a PTO. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, well, like with, with Davidson, I mean, certainly when the sector injury went down, there were there were conversations there. Uh, I think Davidson could get a PTO from probably any team in the league. Um, you know, it's interesting with him. Because Peter Shirelli's traded him twice. So <laughs> was he going to bring him back yet again, given that history? Um, but I, I know with Davidson, there's contract offers out there uh, where he could actually sign with a team. And I would think that's going to happen. It'll probably happen relatively soon. Um, Davidson, I would think would really like to be an Edmonton Oiler again. 
I, I think we saw last year when he came back to the team how thrilled he was to be an Oiler again. He, he lives here in the offseason. So I, I would think if the Oilers would have actually offered him a contract and not a PTO, it would have been signed. It would have already been done. But they weren't prepared to do that. Is Yerbeck better than Brandon Davidson? Well, I have no idea. I mean, here's here's the thing about Yerbeck. Okay, it sounds like from all the people we've talked to over the last couple of days is that he can move the puck so he can pass. He can get it up ice quick. Very important, obviously, especially if we consider how the Oilers played last year when they dilly-dallied a lot in their own end and went D to D and didn't play with the attitude that they want to push the puck up ice quickly. So if Yerbeck can do that, that's great. If he isn't great in other areas, okay, maybe that can be overcome if at least he does what he's supposed to do in terms of moving the puck. Then maybe you have a guy who can play 13 to 15 minutes a night, you know, get, get the puck efficiently out of his out of the Oilers' end. All right, so that's cool. And, then, and you know what? That may be an improvement on Sekera from last season because obviously the Sekera that did play was nowhere near the the Sekera that was an Oiler the year they made the playoffs. So you're not going to improve on that Sekera. Could you possibly improve on last year's Sekera with a guy like Yerbeck? Okay, maybe. But here's the risk with a guy like Yerbeck. He's 26, so he's already well into his pro hockey career. He wasn't looked at to, for the NHL or didn't come to the NHL until last season. So he obviously has some flaws in his game, or scouts and GMs have reservations about him. So let's compare him to a guy who I think is going to be really hard-pressed to make the Oilers this season, and that's Pontus Aberg. So when Pontus Aberg was acquired, what did we hear? He's fast, he's fast, he's fast. He can skate. So when he came, I thought, well, at least if he can skate and be quick to pucks, he's going to look fine. I never thought Pont Saber looked that fast as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. So the one skill he was touted as having, he didn't really demonstrate. So that's my concern to transfer this idea to Yerbeck. That's my concern about Yerbeck. He has one skill that he's supposed to have and be really good at. Well, what if he actually doesn't have it? He, he probably won't be able to do anything else just like Aber can't really do anything else. So to me, that's the pluses and minuses of adding a guy like him. Well, and it creates more competition as well, Reed. And you mentioned Aberg and some more competition for him with uh, Scotty Upshaw coming in on a PTO, and I think he'll he'll make the team. I have no doubts about that. Uh, but maybe just talk about uh, inviting uh, Upshaw to a PTO and what you think he can bring to the roster. Well, I think the experience can help. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm always a big fan of adding experience. You know, that, as that games play call, games play column goes up, players, you know, become usually more reliable. You get to know them. They kind of understand what they have to bring on a nightly basis and how they have to prepare. So I think that's valuable, especially if it's a player in a depth role. He's not going to be finding his way and maybe thinking, oh, well, should I actually be playing higher in the lineup? Should I, should I try to be more of a scorer? Upshaw will go out there and check and contribute offensively when he can and kill penalties. I think he will be on the team. Uh, you know, again, I think he's going to be a limited minutes type type player. Uh, I, I think the experience can help. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to help the Oilers necessarily score more goals. Maybe he can help them prevent more goals. 
but clearly the, the goal scoring on the wings, I think, is the biggest question mark up front. But I mean, I think I think Upshaw will make the team, uh, and I think that's a pretty safe veteran addition for the upcoming year. Just uh, quickly on the Eskimos, Reed, uh, Mike Riley, another outstanding game against uh, Montreal, and uh, congrats to Mike on the birth of uh, a baby girl today. But uh, Bryant Mitchell, you know, I was going to ask you about him, Reed. Um, I've been talking about him yeah. for so long now, waiting for him to uh, break out, and what a performance uh, he put on against the Alouettes. Well, he played great. He's, he's a very smooth pattern runner. You know, I really liked that, that one comeback he, he caught, and then he was able to turn it upfield and get a lot of yards after the catch. Incredible effort on his touchdown reception. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a play like that where the ball was coming up that much short of the target and a guy came almost halfway across the field to track it down and catch it. You, know, you mentioned Riley. I, I mean, look, Riley's outstanding. I, I don't know if he's going to win the MOP again, but he'll, he'll certainly be a candidate. I, I would think he would be the winner to this point in the season at the halfway point. We're, we're lucky to be able to get to watch him in Edmonton. He, I mean, he, he always gives the team a chance. I mean, it's at the point with Riley where, you know, down eight against the, the BC Lions the, the previous game, it was like I talked to a lot of people. They just thought they, they were like surprised at the escalate. Like they just assume that he's going to pull it out of the hat every game, <laughs> which he has done a lot. He's special to watch. The receivers are, are really good. Uh, I think they have a decent running game. I, I just think the, the the weaknesses for the Eskimos. Um, well, I don't even think the defense is a weakness. I just think it's it's an average defense at this point. You know, they they're a competent defense, but they don't make a lot of plays and they don't and they don't create a lot of turnovers. I think that's going to hurt them against some of the better offenses. And they're losing field position in the return game. Like I, I think O'Neill's a good punter, and I think White's a very good place kicker but they lose field position in the return game because they don't get, you know, medium or long returns and they give up too many medium or long returns. I, I think the Eskimos are, are a very good team, but, you know, you got Calgary hanging there and until you can knock them off on Labor Day and then probably in the West final, um, you know, I think we're going to be talking about a team that's just the second or third best in the league, which, which is still very good, but Calgary is just, despite the loss the other day, they've been so good. Uh, for so long. So, I mean, the Eskimos got the quarterback. I think they got the best player in the league, but all around as a team, just, you know, few, too many little, just little weaknesses that are going to hold them back, I think. Well, the Riders are coming on too, Reed. I know you mentioned the win over uh, Montreal, but they are over Calgary, but they gave uh, the Eskimos everything they could handle uh, here uh, in Edmonton uh, a few weeks ago as well. So maybe it's a three-horse race now here in the West with Saskatchewan uh, starting to find its form. Well, I think Winnipeg is still good. Yeah, Winnipeg, I think, yeah. you know, Lule keeps BC relevant and dangerous. But here's the thing. Saskatchewan is going to be in every game because that's how Chris Jones coaches, and he puts such an emphasis on defense and special teams. It's kind of like in, in 2015 when he was coaching the Eskimos. I mean, what they had that 10-game winning streak and weren't uh, nine of the 10 games single-digit wins. I think I think eight of the 10. Because they they beat Montreal by or they beat Montreal by 19, but they were trailing at the start of the fourth quarter, so it was still a close game. And then they handled uh, they handled um, Calgary pretty well in the West Final. But I mean, nine of their ten games were decided late, or they were trailing in the fourth quarter. And so that's kind of how Chris Jones coaches. So I think all the Saskatchewan games will be will be close as they continue to play. Well, Reed, I know you're uh, at practice there, so we'll let you uh, get back to work. Uh, we appreciate your time, and we'll see you in a bit. Okay, see ya. All right, that's Reed Wilkins, the host of Inside Sports. 
Oilers Hockey here on 630 Chet. Instead of uh, clicking <laughs> read off, I clicked myself off there. That's why we had dead air for a second. But uh, yes, Reed Wilkins, the host of Inside Sports and Oilers Hockey here on 630 Chet. 121 in Edmonton. We'll take a time out. We have a bunch of text messages coming in. I'm surprised at uh, all the uh, negative feedback to the Jarabek signing today. What do you think? You can text us 630-630. I don't think other fans are saying the Jarabek signing necessarily is a bad one, but it just seems like other fans are upset overall with... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Oilers decor. So you can text us on that front at 630-630. But first, a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. 124 in Edmonton back here on Oilers Now. Brennan Ulrich with you. You can text us 630-630, our Westlock Ford text line. Jeff in Sherwood Park. I find it interesting that so many people thought the Oilers' season hinged on the health of Andre Sekera. They need guys like Nurse, Benning, and Bear to take a step forward, and everything will be fine. Remember, Clothbaum is finally healthy, and Larson will be able to focus on hockey instead of difficulties off the ice. I do think the Sakura injury is a big loss still. I do agree with what you're saying, though. They do need other guys to step up. But to me, the Sakura injury is a big loss because in 16-17, he was arguably their best defenseman. And I think they were banking on him getting back to that form or close to that form. All of a sudden, you take uh, a top four defenseman out of the mix here, at least a guy that can play 20 minutes a night, and you're now piling on more minutes for other guys. So if the other guys can handle it, you're fine. But that might not be the case. So that's why I think this is still a bit of an issue. But I do like the sign of Jerebeck. It pushes uh, a few guys down the depth chart, such as Bear, who now needs to come in and earn it. Bouchard as well. Um, if they want to make the team, they now need to likely play uh, better than Bear, Bouchard, Gravel in training camp. And also Jarebeck now. So competition, competition. And uh, it's not likely that one of those guys per se will be able to fill the role that uh, Sakura did in 16-17. But collectively, perhaps, maybe a couple of guys step up, take on a, a bigger a workload, and the others are okay. That's the hope. That's the plan. You can't just go out there and find a top four defenseman right now in free agency. I mean, maybe the others are still exploring a trade. I don't know. But right now, that's what they have. And I like the addition of Jarabek to the mix. You can text us 630-630. The Fizzler has chimed in. Surprise, surprise. It's a negative text. I can't believe... The audacity of fans who think that the Oilers should be able to make the playoffs 
more than once in a century. Sure, they got multiple high-end draft picks, and they were gifted the best player in the game, but everyone knows the league and the Eastern media are against them. The Fizzler. All right. I read your text, The Fizzler. Let's uh, move on from that. You can text us 630-630. Do you think that Nurse feels like he isn't a priority from Shane? That one just comes in right now. Uh, No, I don't think that. I mean, he's an RFA right now. Um, They're still going to sign him. I think he understands the situation that maybe he he can't get the long-term deal he wants right now. So I don't feel like, I don't think he feels slighted. I think he wants to be part of the core moving forward. And uh, he's really good friends with Connor McDavid. They're best friends, I guess uh, you could say. I don't know that for a fact, but I know they're really close. So I think it will all work out in the end. BU, the fans are mad, and rightfully so. The D had holes before Sakura got hurt, and now they are in trouble again. They cannot push the young guys more again this year and have to leave Bear down again. Yesterday's signing isn't going to help at all. They'll be out of the playoffs by Christmas, and Shrelly will be let go by the end of, or by the new year, rather, from Rod. Well, I get why fans are mad. They should be mad. I mean, the Oilers are coming off a terrible season, and you do not expect that when you have... Connor McDavid on the roster. So expectations are high, and you're right. Management is likely feeling the pressure this season. So the Sakura injury doesn't help them at all. Can they overcome it? That's what we'll find out once uh, the puck drops. It won't be easy. Guys will need to step up. They'll need to uh, have a few things go right. So, I mean, I get why... Fans are upset based on the decor right now because there was no major move after the D struggled last season. But once they got Bouchard, I think that changed uh, things a little bit. And when you look at who the Oilers could have traded to get a D-man, I wouldn't have traded Ryan Eugene Hopkins. I wouldn't have traded Clefbaum. And I wouldn't have traded the pick, that line of Bouchard. So not a lot of options out there. Uh, it's 129 in Evans. We'll take a timeout for the 130 News. When we come back, we'll chat with... The head coach of the Nadukes, Tim Fragle. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.